You're listening to the Pedal Pumping Podcast, the podcast that explores and celebrates all things pedal pumping. I'm your host, Mimi Footnip, and I'm a pedal pumping content creator and foot model. Check out my website, mimifootnip.com, for more about me. I want to thank my patrons this week, Tevin Riker, Not a Golfer, Rayshon, Eric F., Eric J., Cranking Fan, Rocket Man, Havayana's Fan, Austin, Mark Mix, Miss Jess, Joe, and Major Dave. Thank you all so very much for supporting this podcast with your hard-earned money. I do deeply appreciate it, and it really makes me feel like what we're doing here in this community has actual value in the world. So if you are a listener and you want to contribute financially to the podcast, you can, you know... I welcome whatever kind of contribution is comfortable to you or no contribution, just listen and, you know, favorite, download, like, whatever, leave a five-star review for the podcast. All of those things are great. But if you do want to leave a contribution, you can subscribe to Patreon over at patreon.com slash pedal pumping podcast. Or you can also just do like a one-off donation if you want to my cash app, which is um, cash tag Mimi Footnip. It's just my name. Um, Yeah, or consider subscribing to my OnlyFans. That's another fun way to support me and get lots of pedal pumping content if you're into the type of pedal pumping content I do. I mean, I know our community is vast and there are lots of preferences and styles and and diversity out there, which is wonderful. Um, I also want to encourage you to consider contributing your ideas or questions or stories or fantasies or true stories or dreams that you've had. I don't know. And anything that is pedal pumping related that you'd like to share with the community and have me read on the pedal pumping podcast. Or if you have visuals like a link to a great video on YouTube or You know, obviously you don't want to share stuff that is not in the public domain, right? So if you buy a video, don't then, you know, distribute that video without that creator's consent. I'm not encouraging that type of thing. I guess what I'm saying is um, if there is something that's out there on the internet in the public domain, maybe you see some cool pictures on Pinterest uh, whatever. You can share those kinds of things with me here on the Pedal Pumping Podcast, and then I'll pass it along to the community. I am going to read a couple emails today in this episode, and um, one of them actually did was sent to me, one of the emails was sent to me with photos, and I'm going to talk about that. And I'm going to put the photos on the Patreon for patrons to enjoy there. So we'll get right into that after a quick commercial break. All right, welcome back from the break. So this actually, this email was sent to me from Tevin and he says, you don't have to share this on the podcast, but I want to, so I hope that's okay. Um, It says, it doesn't say don't share it. It says you don't have to share it. So I'm, that sounds kind of like I have the, the option to share it. And it says, I'm in the middle of writing your next lead part in another short story. 
Wanted to ask you, is this the car you drove way back when, or at least something close to it? How accurate is it? And then he sent me a series of pictures of a Volkswagen Rabbit, which many of you know is uh, or was my first car in high school. It was the first car I bought. I paid $1,800 cash for it in 1989, and it was a 79, so it was 10 years old at the time. I remember thinking like, Oh, this is such an old car. Now, I feel like since around the year 2000 to present, cars kind of all look the same. Um, they haven't changed very much. Like a 19, like I, my BMW is a 2011, and I don't think it looks, it doesn't have that like old look to me. Maybe just because I, maybe I'm, biased because I love that car and I just think I will always drive it and always love it but I remember in the 80s that cars from the 70s looked like cars from the 70s I'm making air quotes and it just felt like cars were more dated looking because the styles changed dramatically like I remember even so in in the mid 80s there was two cars that I really was like drooling over, uh, the CRX, the Honda CRX and the Toyota MR2. And the first gen of both of those cars were very, had like very, um, like very linear kind of geometric lines to them. And then the second gen at like by around 1988. So that was like maybe 84 to 87 and then 88, to like say 91, 92, the lines of those cars got really rounded. Everything was like very bubbly and rounded looking. Um, but there was a period of time in the 80s with like kind of, like even the Jeep went through a phase of like square headlights, very like sharp lines and then things kind of rounded out. So I remember in 1989, when I got my 1987 Volkswagen Rabbit, feeling like it looked like an old, like it looked like an old beater car already. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm reminiscing about that that part of it, but the the photos that Tevin sent me, I have posted them on Patreon, so you can go over there and have a look at what I'm talking about. So I think my Volkswagen Rabbit was pretty similar. I want to say my headlights were a little more rectangular looking. Um, and I have a picture of it. I did post a picture of my Rabbit on on Patreon. So I need to like go back through the archives and, and look for that photo because it's there. It's still available for patrons. Um, but it's a similar color. It's kind of that like beigey color. And the interior had like a beigey, um, almost kind of like a golden beige color vinyl seats that were so hot in the summer. Like after, you know, like the car is locked and closed up and you get in the car and like you just feel the heat coming out of the car and I'd sit on the vinyl seats. And if I'm wearing like shorts or a skirt, the back of my thighs would just sizzle and stick like sweaty and like stick to the seat I remember that feeling and the steering wheel being so hot um, that I could like barely grip it 
Mine was an automatic. So the photo, you can see that it's a, a manual. Mine was an automatic. Um, but the wheel well, or the wheel well, the foot well and the console kind of area are, were very similar. Although I think this might be a slightly newer model, maybe an 80, 81 era, 82, maybe. I don't know if I, but not past 82, I'm guessing. Not that I'm like some kind of Volkswagen buff, but like just based on my, my memory. I don't think that my dashboard had this kind of shelf. It looks like it has some sort of like built-in shelf. Mine didn't have that. It was just kind of like smooth and kind of a little bit rounded and pretty basic. I mean, I had a radio with a tape deck, which, you know, I, I rocked the jams in my Volkswagen Rabbit, cruising the cliffs, checking out the surfers, you know, as we did back in the day. Um, but uh yeah so tevin to answer your question yes in appearance it's very similar there's some minor kind of discrepancies probably the biggest discrepancy would be like my car was actually an automatic um i did, i knew how to drive a manual in high school i learned but uh, my actual car was an automatic so yeah yeah and i don't remember it being carpeted, but I'm pretty sure it was, and that I had like vinyl floor mats, and they didn't say rabbit, or they, I think they were just kind of like a, kind of the same color vinyl as the seats, and they were, and there were floor mats in there. I used to like take Armorall and like, you know, wipe down the seats and all the vinyl on the dash and, and the, um, like the door panel was all vinyl and uh, yeah, I used to like armor all the interior of my car and then I actually used to use turtle wax and like wax down the out the exterior of my car. I kept that thing like, you know, as if it were some grand prize, like special trophy car, which I never really felt that way about but I worked so hard to earn the money to buy it that I was like I want it to look as good as possible and I want to like keep it as clean as possible and I also had this idea that like washing my car in the driveway of my parents house as a 16 year old was like me being sexy with like the soapy bucket and all that so I used to do that too like always washing my car um, trying to be sexy for the neighbor boys or whatever. Anyway, so I, um, I realized, Tevin, you said I didn't need to share this, but I kind of wanted to because it's a little trip down memory lane for me. Uh, car broke down a lot. I, my parents used to joke that I came home more often in the tow truck than in the actual rabbit itself. So <laughs> I want to read, this is the last story I have from Leo and I hope Leo that you're doing well and uh, managing. And I, um, hope that you, if you're inspired to, I hope that you will send us more stories because I really enjoyed reading them and I've kind of been dragging them out because I've been savoring them and I, I knew that at some point I was going to run out and the day has come. And so I feel a little bit sad about that. So if you want to write more, uh, stories. Leo has this whole like vast treasure trove of true 
life pedal pumping stories and they're just amazing so i'm gonna read this one um he starts it off by saying warning in all caps this story will contain some disturbing content reader discretion advised so um trigger warning if if you aren't ready for that then you can just bounce now otherwise buckle up (laughs) so here goes he says living in the islands is wonderful the tropical climate and fresh air mixed with lush vegetation and beaches blessed everyone that lived here life is very comfortable here for both people and animals as well there's a fair amount of wildlife living along the hills and mountains of the islands We have a lot of native and non-native birds, wild boar, wallabies, dogs, and cats that reside along with us. But sometimes these animals stray out into the roads and highways and the result is usually not good for the animals. I've seen some of them out and about late at night while going out for a late drive. Out here, we have a couple of winding roads that connect out outlook points in the mountains overlooking the city. A lot of people like to either race or just kick back at the lookouts and a lot of making out stories were made from there you probably heard the same stories in your neck of the woods where so and so did this in the back seat of the car up at some said location overlooking the city town or whatever over here we have a lot of places you could play hide the salami with your partner back in the 90s at least nowadays you don't have anywhere to go except your bedroom The excitement of doing a sexual act in public area was like a rush I wanted to experience. I remember a few of my classmates in high school bragging about doing it up in the the lookout and at the beach late at night, so I wanted to test this theory out for myself. This Friday night was like any other cruise night, but my truck was down. Chelsea wanted to go to the billiard hall and shoot some pool after work, and she picked me up from my job afterwards. We stopped at my parents' house and I grabbed my outing clothes and hopped back in her car and headed to her place so she could change her appearance as well. Chelsea put on a white tube top and a pair of stonewashed tight jeans. She slipped on her platform slides, wooden soles with a thick white strap that her white painted toenails stuck out the tip. I liked the appearance. It complemented the shape of her feet and gave her a little height reached to my face when I looked at her. We headed off to the billiards, and once again, I enjoyed the foot show. I rented the table, and at first, it was just me and her playing. She walked up to the stick rack and grabbed a stick, the walk to the bench, and removed her sandals, doing a little sliding motion with her feet as to wipe the sweat onto the carpet. I'd noticed she always did that when we play pool. She breaks first, and I'd watch her feet on the carpet, planting the left, and the right tippy-toed while she locked her left hand on the table and swung with her right. It was like watching a graceful ballet with her. The concentrated look in her face as she shot and the way she slid her upper body over the rails to set the stick and planting her left foot then stepping her right foot back only to support herself with her toes. Sometimes I'd be directly behind her doing that and I would stare at her shapely butt and her right sole would be exposed to me. Her sole wrinkled a little, defining the lines under her right foot and her toes looked like little white balls on the carpet. 
It turned me on every time. A few of our friends showed up and we all played. It was time to shoot the cruise and we headed out to the boulevard. We cruised for about an hour, then decided on leaving the strip. I made the suggestion to check, the, check out the lookout and see the city lights. She agreed and we were off. We got to the first lookout and there were a couple of cars there, so we drove up to the next and we were the only ones there. The moonlight filled the sky with a little bit of clouds. The silence of the wind and the trees bristling filled the air. Chelsea turned the interior light on to look in her purse. She sat in the driver's seat with her back to the door, sitting with her knees bent and feet on the seat. She pulled out a joint and lit it. She took a hit and passed it to me, then turned the light off. Smoking some weed and listening to some music to chill in the cool night air, which was silent, and we enjoyed it. She asked if I was happy with her, and I said, of course. We finished the joint, and I felt her feet on my crotch. She had a devilish grin on her face. I quickly unzipped my pants, and she began to probe her feet in. They were cold. Her toes were brushing on top of my hardening cock, but they were cold as ice. I lifted off my reclined seat, and she laughed, knowing that her feet were cold. I placed my hands over her feet, thinking I could warm them up, but that wasn't going to happen. I let go, and she went back to her actions. I felt her left foot prop my cock up, and then with her cold right foot, started rubbing over my manhood. Then I felt the cold grip of her toes, and she started stroking with a firm grip. This time, I lasted more than a few minutes. She started breathing harder, and so did I. I began to climax, and I could hear her whisper, Come, baby. Then I released my load. She let out a, Wow, and said, This is so warm, as she played with my cock, squeezing my tip and making me squirm and jiggle. She giggled a little and asked me to pass the napkins from the glove compartment. I saw a glob of my sperm on her right foot shining in the moonlight. She turned the interior light on to reveal the mess I made on her feet and dashboard. I even got some on the window. She giggled again and said, damn, you made a mess. I looked at her feet. I dribbled a line of cum over her left foot and her right second and middle toe had a glob of cum dripping between them and a glob dripping off her big toe. She was like, ew. <laughs> I passed her a napkin, and it didn't look like she had too much success cleaning my kids off her feet. I zipped up and wiped the dash and window. I passed her a few more napkins. She got some of the glob off, and some of it dripped back into her cup holder. I laughed a little and said, sorry about the mess. She looked back at me and giggled as she said, never again. I looked at her right foot again, and she only managed to push the glob that collected on her big toe off, and it rolled to the bottom of her big toe. Some of it was also in between her big toe and second toes. Suddenly, headlights appeared behind us, and Chelsea kicked, killed the light. She quickly shifted over and started her car. The car that pulled up slowly drove off. 
And Chelsea turned the light back on and swung her feet back over and continued to clean them off. The car came back and we heard a girl yell out Chelsea's name. It was her friend from her old job, Anuhea. They worked together as cashiers at Woolworths. An attractive Japanese-Hawaiian mixed girl hopped out the car that pulled up. She ran to her window and asked Chelsea for a ride because the guys in the car were weirding her out. Chelsea asked, where do you live? Anuhea told us where she lived and offered her a ride on one condition that she drove there because she didn't know where it was. That's another thing about Chelsea I noticed. If she didn't know the destination, if you knew her in some way, or she trusted you to drive her car, then you're the driver. I assumed my backseat position, and she climbed over to the passenger side. Then Anuhea sat in the driver's seat. She adjusted the seat back and started the car. Then she reached down to the right and did a kicking motion, thumping the floor. What she had on her right foot was off. I know this from my past observations. I became an expert in body movement in my field of study, I guess you could say. Anuhea then put it in reverse and backed out and then drove off quickly up the mountain road. She didn't realize that we were heading into the long way out of the mountain road. It did loop around, but the way she went was a longer way around and had some steep incline hairpin turns. We continued our drive up the mountain. I looked at the clock on the dash and it was 1.30 in the morning. Anuhea asked Chelsea, Did you step on a mango or something? She went on again. It feels like you stepped on an overripe banana. You got some on your pedal here. I quickly got up and flipped the ceiling light on, looking down to see her big toe and second toes pressing on the bottom of the pedal, but a wet spot with white glob of my cum on the middle of the pedal, and it kind of got in between her toes as she drove. Her toenails looked silver and glittery in the dome light. I looked at Chelsea, and she covered her laugh. Chelsea replied, it was a banana, all right. I peeled it and popped it. Anuhea looked back and responded, What did you mean by that? Oh, nothing. I smashed the shit out of that banana. Chelsea giggled as she replied and turned around, looked at me giggling. Anuhea said, Ew. Chelsea told her, It's just some banana juice and just wipe her feet on the carpet. I watched as Anuhea let off the gas and wiped her right foot on the floor. A small white glob of my cum still remained, and I watched it disappear as she put her toes back on it. She slid her foot up on the pedal, then slipped down. The little glob smeared when she did that. I was in shock of what I witnessed. I wanted to come again and deliver it to Anuhea's foot. I sat back, turning the light off, and felt my dick getting hard again. The night air got a bit chilly, and the car twisted and turned with the road. My penis was hard like a rock again, but it wasn't because of my girlfriend. I was picturing a snapshot of Anuhea's right foot. It looked very similar to Chelsea's, but smaller toenails and, a painted, and painted a glittery silver finish. Her skin tone was darker too, and she was a little bit taller. I felt the vibration of the engine revving up as I pictured her toes pressing on the gas. My cum was getting squished under her toes and she'd smear it all over the pedal. I couldn't believe all this happened tonight. It's like a wild dream come true. I remembered right after the last turn up the mountain before the road peaked 
to the downhill. I was enjoying the drive and watched headlights of the Corolla light up the forest road. Chelsea let out a gasp, and then it felt like a thump-thump, and simultaneously what sounded like a big bag of potato chips getting popped, and the crunchy sound happened. Chelsea looked at Anuhea. It was dead already, Anuhea said. You just ran over a cat or something, yelled Chelsea. Anuhea replied back, just like the banana, I smashed the shit out of it. And she giggled. The banana reference pushed me over the edge. To watch a girl be devilish about it and seem to enjoy it turned me on again, adding to my foot pedal pumping and now crush fetish. The elements to it seemed wrong, especially the killing of an animal was not right. But being that it was already gone, I hope, and the fact that it seemed she didn't care and she joked in reference to it like the banana, which was actually a part of me that she was feeling and crushing under her foot, was like putting the ingredients into a blender and making a fruit smoothie which I had to swallow. Every gulp of it began to consume me. The feelings I began to feel and the lust that took over had a strong grip on my mentality. We got to Anuhea's house and she hopped out. She and Chelsea talked for a bit. She turned on the garage lights in front of the house. I took advantage of the lights to look at her feet. I looked at Chelsea and made sure she didn't see me checking out Anuhea's feet. Three dots marked the inner ankle bone of her right foot, and these were, fr were friendship dots tattooed, I later found out. I looked at the rest of her foot and saw it closely resembles Chelsea's. Anuhea began to rub her big and second toes together like they still had my juice on them. I bit my lip thinking about it. We later left her place and kind of got lost driving out of the subdivision that Anuhea lived in, but found our way out. Chelsea mentioned that her toes were sticky now and looked at me with a grin on her face. I grabbed her right hand and kissed it. She smiled back and placed her hand on my crotch, grabbing me and re-hardening my manhood. When we get home, round two, okay? She said, looking at the road with a smile. Needless to say, it was the most wild experience I had. I had other encounters with the wildlife, but with other women and men, but with Chelsea, it happened a few years later. But I'll save these stories for another time. We got home, and as expected, she would perform with her right foot. While she stroked me between the toes of her right foot, I said, I see you've been practicing, she replied. Yes but only on you, my overripe banana giggling away. Then Anuhea popped in my mind. The image of her feet and toes filled my thoughts. Her voice started messing with my head, the way the car lifted and the crunching noises made as the tires rolled over that dead animal, and then thought of my own cum squishing under her toes as she did this brought me to a euphoric high I never felt before. I was imagining another woman squeezing and stroking me, and I orgasmed him hard this time. Not as much cum as a few hours ago, and Chelsea could tell. She squeezed so hard this time, I heard her laughing quietly. She waited till I got limp, till she let go. It was an intense moment, but I had the image of Anuhea in my head. I almost mentioned her name, too. This was the first time I experienced this. I laid there, paralyzed and drained. 
I couldn't get her out of my head. For a while, it consumed me. I know some of you probably think this is crazy, but at the time, I was just getting to know how the fetish worked. It was a lot to take in at 19 years old. But when this happened, I think I began to get consumed by my fetish and feeling a little guilty at times. But the crush aspect became a part of my fetish for some time after, and it stayed with me all these years. It's part of me and probably will be forever.